Second and 26 is brought to you by GameTime, your new go-to app for the best deals on last-minute tickets. Did you know SEC football ticket prices tend to drop right before the game starts? GameTime tracks prices in real time from thousands of trusted sellers, then shows you all the best last-minute deals with prices up to 60% off. More than 12 million fans have downloaded the GameTime app and discovered the fastest, easiest way to get into the game. Checking out is a breeze on the GameTime app. Once you've pinpointed the seats you want, simply click the listing and check out. It's that simple. Use the GameTime two-step checkout system next time you're looking for great deals on tickets. So head to the App Store or Play Play Store now to download GameTime and score awesome deals on last-minute tickets. Welcome back into Second and 26, your dedicated Alabama podcast here on The Athletic. I'm your host, Aaron Suttles, beat writer for The uh, Athletic here for the Alabama Crimson Tide. Uh, you can hear me every Monday through Friday on, on WJOX 94.5. Monday through Friday from 10 to 2. You can also catch me on this Monday free edition of the podcast and Friday subscriber only. And of course, catch my work, obviously, at The Athletic. And you can follow me on Twitter at AaronSuttles.com. A little gloomy today for most of you guys out there. I'm sure a hard-fought, really a game that sort of lived up to the billing of a great game. CBS released the uh, the ratings for it. It was, it was the most watched college football game in eight years. And uh, it, it blew the other highest rated game this season completely out of the water. I mean, uh, people turned up in spades to watch – Two of the best college football programs in the country duel it out. LSU outlasting Alabama 46-41. to They're in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, falling to 8-1 and one on the season. Three regular game, uh, regular season games left. Uh, unless LSU has a complete meltdown, LSU's going to win the West, and LSU will be going off to the SEC championship game, leaving Alabama at home on championship uh, weekend. And we'll, we'll get to all of that in a moment. But first, I want to just summarize what we saw. And you can't really um, start anywhere else other than what went wrong for Alabama. Got off to a very slow start, down 10-0. And that was bizarre because LSU won the toss. And LSU elected to receive in the second half, which I thought was a curious decision to put Alabama's best unit out on the field. And Alabama did what exactly what I thought it would do. It marched right down there, got in the red zone, and then stalled out. And then um, Tua, scrambling, has the ball just fall out of his hands. Just completely, I mean, no one hit him. No one hit his arm. No one hit the ball. He's scrambling, and the ball slips out of his hands. LSU recovers. Alabama's first drive is thwarted. LSU goes down and gets a field goal. The very next drive, Alabama gets it. Walk-on punter Ty Pirine drops the punt. 19-yard loss, LSU gets the ball, go down, scores, it's 10-0. And then Alabama slowly made it a game. And uh, I think they pulled within three points or six points, something along those lines. And and then probably the key, the defining series of the game happened. Um, LSU gets the ball, and they're, they're marching down, and there's a pass to Thaddeus Moss where he is out of bounds, then comes back inbounds. He's the first to touch it. 
Um, they rule it first down at the one, first and goal from the one. They review the play, and um, they uphold it. Um, in my understanding, and the SEC officiating account tweeted this out, is that the official on the field ruled that Thaddeus Moss had been forced out of bounds, and that because that, um, that wasn't reviewable. So illegal touching was was not reviewable because it was ruled he was forced out of bounds and didn't go out of bounds on his own. So all, all of that's to say you know, LSU gets the gets a break there, which there are breaks in games that go teams' way. It's, um, it was certainly no conspiracy. Um, it was just a, a call that was made, and that's the way you have to live with it. And LSU gets the touchdown, and then Alabama gets the ball back with uh, about 30 seconds left and decides to go try to get some points before halftime. Um, uh, two is intercepted which Nick Saban never would have guessed. Tua has been very, very good about not about taking care of the football, about not throwing interceptions, but he was intercepted. Um, that becomes exacerbated because Landon Dickerson, your starting center, gets a personal foul. And so that's half the distance to the goal line. LSU gets another touchdown. Before you know it, a very tight game has turned into a 33-13 to halftime game, and it's pretty much over from there. Now, Alabama... Managed to make it a game in the third quarter. Uh, they didn't allow uh, any points in the third quarter. And Alabama got a score. And then in the fourth, Alabama pulled to within one score, but Alabama never got a stop in the fourth quarter. Not once did they get a stop. That Alabama defense, which for years and years and years could be relied upon, didn't get a stop. So LSU's able to hold on and, and squeak out a, a five-point win. You start looking at it from from everything that happened, the the very sloppy start to the game for Alabama. Um, Nick Saban took ownership of that in in the post game, saying, "I didn't, you know, it's very uncharacteristic of this team, but that's my job to get them ready to play." They didn't come out in the first half looking like they were ready to play. Tua just dropping the football, um, very reminiscent of of some strange things that have happened in Bryant Denny Stadium before. When Alabama loses, you know, the Mark Ingram fumble where the ball's poked out of his arms and the ball rolls straight down the sideline and doesn't go out of bounds until it gets into the end zone and then it's a touchback in that 2010 Iron Bowl. Just um, just, just a weird occurrence there. Um, the punter dropping the punt. I mean, just things that you don't see. Uh, blown assignments. LSU wide receivers running wide open. Penalties. Six, six first-half penalties. Six. The same things that have haunted this team all year long reared their heads on Saturday. And, and normally those things Alabama gets away with because Alabama is better than most teams they play. But they weren't better than LSU. And so those things mattered. You can't drop a punt in a game like that. You can't fumble inside your own five or inside your own 10 with nobody around you. You can't get a personal foul penalty um, helping them score. You can't turn the ball over late in the half. You can't commit six penalties. You can't leave wide receivers running wide open. All of those things happened in the first half. All of those things contributed to a 20-point deficit at halftime. So now Alabama's where they are today, which is closing out a, a regular season in which there might not be any meaning for. Alabama's not used to this. The season's certainly not over, and and we'll get to a little bit later in the show 
you know, where Alabama stands and what needs to happen and, and all of that, but they've been they've they've taken their future out of their own hands. It's now in the hands of a committee. That's an uncomfortable place to be. But how do you explain the team coming out flat? That environment was everything that you would want it to be. Hats off to the fans for showing up on Saturday and making it what it needed to be. Because it wasn't a it wasn't a it was a difficult circumstance to get there. The president of the United States was there. Everyone had to get into the stadium early. It messed up everyone's routine. But they showed up and they were there and they were loud. And they were loud in the second half when it mattered after you gave them not a lot to cheer about in the first half. They stuck around. They made them they they, they made themselves known. They tried to be a part of that game, but but Alabama couldn't get the stops in the second half. And that's where the game was decided. I mean, Alabama fought valiantly. They could have been it would have been easy to just tuck the tail between the legs. You're down 20. Not only are you down 20, LSU gets the ball to start the second half. They score there. It's a 27-point game. It's over. But Alabama gave the fans something to cheer about in the third quarter. They didn't let it turn into a blowout. And Alabama got back in that game. But they couldn't get the stop that matters. They couldn't get a stop that mattered. So you're just left wondering, how did that team come out flat in that environment with the stakes that high? How did they play that poorly? They say that uh, you find out who you really are once you've been punched in the mouth. I think we found out to a certain degree that Alabama, there's two ways you can look at it. They, they folded in the first half, but they responded like champions in the second half. That's the way you look at it. But either way, it's a loss, and it's a costly loss, and we'll, um, we'll know a lot more how costly that is you know, a little later this week when the college football playoff uh, committee meets and votes and puts it out. Now, Alabama, they're number four in the polls right now. So it's, it's looking okay right now. They're number four in the AP poll. They're number four in the coaches poll. But those polls don't matter. What matters is the playoff committee's rankings, and we'll find out how far Alabama falls there. But let's spend some time on this defense. It's something I wrote about. It was the it was what I focused on after the game, sort of a big picture. And I, I tried very hard not to be prisoner of the moment. I did not want to approach this I didn't want to approach this story something that was so big in in when you look at it. I didn't want to approach it like fresh off the heels of a loss and what does this mean? I didn't want to do that. I'm not, I didn't just consider Saturday's game. I've considered all of this year. I considered a January game where Clemson blew their doors off. I considered a game in December against Oklahoma where in the second half Alabama couldn't get a stop defensively. What is going on with this defense? And I've heard a lot of theories put forth. And let me just tell you, I don't have the answer. I got a lot of different things that I'm looking at, but I don't know the answer to this. I'm not in practice every day. But I've heard a lot of theories put forth. Well, you got to consider, Aaron, who this team thought that they would have. They thought they'd have Mac Wilson and Deontay Thompson. They thought they'd have Dylan Moses, LeBron Ray. I hear that. And there's some legitimacy to that. But again, I'm not approaching this as this, this is a one-game occurrence. This didn't just happen against LSU. South Carolina had its way with Alabama's defense. Ole Miss had its way with Alabama's defense. And that's just this year. 
Clemson had its way with Alabama's defense. Oklahoma had its way with Alabama's defense. In the first half of the SEC championship game, Georgia had its way with Alabama's defense. I'm not looking. I'm not shallow enough to look at just one game and start making broad assumptions. And correct me if I'm wrong, Mac Wilson and Dylan Moses were on the field versus Clemson. Mac Wilson and Dylan Moses were on the field versus Oklahoma and versus Georgia. So I'm not looking at this just to, to solve a one-game problem. This ain't a one-game problem. This is a bigger problem, and that's why I wrote about it. Certainly, attrition plays a part in this. Quinnen Williams leaving early. When year after year after year, your best players leave early, you're, it's going to affect the depth. There is no question about it. And certainly, having to play two true freshmen inside linebacker this year plays a part in it. There's no question about it. Not having Dylan Moses is a major injury. But some people are saying, well, they don't have Joshua McMillan either. We don't know. We've never seen Joshua McMillan play. So I can't use that. I can't use the fact that him not being there is majorly affecting Alabama's defense. Is it hurting it? Sure, it's hurting it. It's, it's, a, it's one less upperclassman for these young guys to lean on and learn from and ask questions to. I get that. But he ain't the key cog that's causing this ship to go down. That ain't it. I don't think it's one thing. I think it's a lot of different things. I think it's players leaving early for the NFL draft. I think it's recruiting misses. Alabama hauled in a great, a phenomenal recruiting class on the defensive line in 2019. They're all true freshmen. And oh, by the way, one of them has already left. The highest heralded, rated, ranked guy from that defensive line class, gone. He's at Colorado right now, and Antonio Alfano. We'll get to that in a second. But Alabama's 2019 defensive line class was great. Go check out the two defensive line classes before that. Not as great. A lot of misses. So now you start talking about players leaving early for the NFL draft. And you add on top of that the recruiting misses. And then you start looking at, okay, you've had some guys. What about the guys you got that aren't, aren't here anymore? Yabianoma. Gone. As I mentioned, Antonio Alfano, gone. So that's two five-star guys that left left your program before play, before playing even a snap of meaningful football. You add that into it. And you start looking at the coaching attrition. And you add that to it. And that certainly plays into your recruiting classes. Not that Alabama's recruiting has been bad. It hasn't. But along the defensive line... The 2018-2017 class, not a, not a ton of defensive linemen in that. There were some misses in that. So you start adding all this up. And there were some misses in that. The, the, when you can't keep a staff together, that hurts recruiting continuity. So you start adding this up and that up and that up, and that's, that's why you are where you are. A lot of people in my mentions on Twitter Saturday night and today and Sunday, calling that the problem is Pete Golding. I don't know that it's Pete Golding. I don't know that it's not Pete Golding. I'm not going to be the guy that presumes to know the answer. Because, like I said, I don't think there's one. I don't think there's one simple answer to this. I think it all adds up to where, what you have. And again, I've heard a ton, a lot of excuses made for what we saw Saturday. But I, I'm not responding to just Saturday. 
Saturday was the manifestation of what we've been seeing this season. It just finally caught up to Alabama because they finally couldn't outscore that, that opponent. They could outscore South Carolina. They could outscore Ole Miss. They couldn't outscore LSU. So the manifestation of what we've seen signs of all season long with this defense caught up with it. I'm not, I'm not all hanging it on the defense either. It's a team sport. It's a team loss. You don't lose the lose a game because of one play. But it adds up. The offense got in a hole in the first half by only scoring 13 points. LSU got 33 in the first half because of a lot of different things. Undisciplined play, mistakes, turning the ball over on downs when the punter can't hold on to the ball. So Alabama's offense contributed to the hole it was in in the first half. Alabama's offense tried to get it out of the hole in the second half. And when it got close, the defense couldn't make a key stop. But I'm, not, I'm certainly not hanging this all on the defense. I'm just examining the issue of what's going on with Alabama's defense. And if you read, the, if you read my column story from Saturday night, my lead was pretty simple. Where does the soul of a team go? And for the better part of a decade, more than a decade, the soul of Alabama football under Nick Saban has been defense. And they had some of the same issues every year during that run that Alabama's seeing now. Now, one key difference is they had defensive coordinator continuity because Kirby Smart stayed a long time, and when he left, they had the guy already waiting in the wings and Jeremy Pruitt. That hasn't been the same since Jeremy left. Tosh Lapoy was not the answer. Pete Golden, uh, Pete Golden is trying to be the answer, is not yet. But some of the same issues Alabama had that they're having this year, they had under, that, under Kirby Smart, but they, the defense didn't suffer as much. Now, certainly offenses... The way they're playing now plays a role in it, right? I mean, during a, a great portion of Kirby Smart's run as Alabama's defensive coordinator, he didn't have to he didn't have to see the offenses that they're seeing now. So that I'll acknowledge that and put that up. But some of the other same issues Alabama had. Players leaving early for the draft. That didn't just start happening in the last couple of years. A lot of players, Orlando McClain, Marshall Darius, they, they've had players leave for the NFL. They lose NFL players. Every year. They lose All-Americans every year. They lose SEC, All-SEC guys every year. And they roll in the next bunch of dudes. But has it finally caught up with them? So that's, again, my examination of the defense is not, oh my goodness, they gave up 46 points to LSU. No, it's, they gave up, they played 88 plays against Ole Miss. They played 84, 86 snaps against South Carolina. This ain't, a, this ain't just a overreaction to one game against LSU. This is a problem that's been happening for two seasons now. Does the way Alabama plays offense contribute to that? I don't know. I, I, again, I'm not going to be. I'm not. I'm, I'm not going to presume that I'm smarter than every other coach over there. To try to figure out the answer. I don't. I'm not. They know more football than me. They're trying. They must think that having Markel Benton in on dime situations are, are on third down that he's the best option because that's what we saw on Saturday. Did you realize that Ben Davis got to play a lot? Tavita Musica played a lot. Markel Benton's out there a lot. What is going on with this Alabama defense? I don't know. You guys tell me. Tomorrow's college football playoff ranking is going to tell us a lot about where, where this Alabama season is headed. And Nick Saban today sort of hinted at the fact that he knows that Alabama's still in contention. He said it without saying it, but he don't want to talk about it. This is what Nick Saban said. He said, look, 
The number one thing that I'm concerned about, just so everybody gets it, is how we complete the season. I don't want to talk about anything other than the game that we have this week. We're not making any predictions or whatever. We kind of have a legacy around here that we've only had one team in the last 12 years that's lost more than one game in the regular season. I'd like for this team to be able to continue that, and we certainly want to focus on all the things that we need to try to do to be able to get that done. The number one thing is to play well this week against Mississippi State. So what he's saying is, listen, if we play the way we're capable of playing, we can get through the regular season with one loss. And then we let the chips fall where they may. But he said, if we don't take care of business against Mississippi State, and what he's really saying is, we're going to have to take business, take care of business to get past Auburn. Auburn's a really good football team, at least defensively. And that game's in Jordan here, and I don't have to tell you what, the, what kind of house of horrors that has been for some of Nick Saban's teams. That even when they have great teams, there, there are strange things that happen down there. And that for this team to even get have the possibility to play for things beyond the regular season that matter, they need to finish the season with one loss, which means they need to take care of business this Saturday in Starkville. Then they get a paycheck game versus Western Carolina. Then they go to Auburn for the Iron Bowl at the end of the year. You win all those, you're 11-1, and one, who knows? We'll find out a lot tomorrow night. Where the committee has Alabama tomorrow night tells you a lot about where they are. And again, it comes down to what you value. Do you value resume or do you value uh, eye test? Do you value resume or do you value eye test? Because resume, Alabama ain't got a leg to stand on. It's just the way it worked out this year. Alabama got stuck playing Duke in a neutral site game, a game that they did not want, a game that they thought they had another program for, but they got stuck with Duke. It is what it is. You can't change history. Your crossover from the East was Tennessee and South Carolina. Nothing you can do by that. That's luck of the draw. Mississippi State's not going to bolster your schedule this year. Old Miss is not going to bolster your schedule this year. The best game that you had was LSU, and you lost. You can go beat Auburn. But there's a very real possibility that that Auburn team, after you beat them, if you beat them, would be a four-loss Auburn team, which would be your best win of the season. Hey, maybe Texas A&M jumps up, bites Georgia. Who knows? I I don't know. Maybe Texas A&M is still in contention to be that best win. But resume is not going to do Alabama any favors when you stack it up against other teams. What Alabama has to has to kind of hope for is that they pass the eye test. That even in defeat. The fact that they made all those mistakes, the fact that they didn't play well, and they only lost by five points to what's considered the best team in college football. It's kind of tough when, you're, when, you're, when your best eye test is a loss, but that's what you got to hope for. And the fact that you've dominated everybody else. Listen, if you go play a close game against Mississippi State, it's over. If you go play a close game versus Mississippi State, it's over. And you got to play well versus Auburn. But if you do those things... You can get in based on the committee's eye test, but you're not getting in on resume. So that's sort of where this is, and we'll, we'll, we'll have a, a great peek behind the curtain of what, I, what the committee thinks of Alabama after this loss tomorrow night when the rankings are revealed. So that's what it is at this point. That's where Alabama is. When you don't take care of your business, you leave it in the hands of a committee. You've already started to read. There are multiple stories right now you can read about the end of the dynasty. It's like it's 2015 all over again. I'm not going to direct you to them, but you've seen them. 
Is it the end of the dynasty or is this a bump in the road? How this team closes the season will determine that a lot because they're not playing for an SEC championship. Not unless LSU completely falls apart and loses two games. You don't see that happening. I don't see that happening, which means you've got to take care of business and, and whoop Mississippi State, and you've got to beat Auburn on the road. And you've got to hope. Even if that plays out, you've got to hope that LSU wins out. Because if Georgia beats LSU in the, in the SEC championship game, night-night, you ain't going. That'll be Georgia and LSU going. So I'll have a story up on The Athletic tomorrow morning about what Alabama needs to have happen for it to get into serious contention for the college football playoff, but they, they've taken their future out of their own hands. It is what it is. Hey, make sure to leave and like and subscribe to us on Apple, Spotify, wherever you listen to us. You can leave a review, you can like the podcast, and you, sub- you can subscribe to it on Apple, Spotify, wherever you listen to us. And for those not subscribed to The Athletic, please consider joining us. You can get 40% off your first year with the promo code theathletic.com backslash roll tide. You heard me right. You can get 40% off the first year. Listen, if you're listening to me, you, you may want to read me, right? Hopefully you want to read me. What if I told you you could get 40% off the best experience in sports media? And I guarantee you it's the best experience in sports media. I'm not, I'm not, I, I'm not joshing you. Once you experience the, the cleanness of the website, the experts that we have, the unparalleled coverage that we have, um, the fact that you don't get a video popping up in your face or something loud playing, you don't get directed here or there, or you don't get bombarded with ads. It is the best experience in sports media. Trust me. Believe me. You can get 40% off that, again, with a promo code, theathletic.com backslash, or I'm sorry, forward slash. So it's theathletic.com forward slash Roll Tide. I'm a little technolo- uh, technologically illiterate. Um, you can also find the exact promo code in our show notes from today. So don't let my misleading you again. Theathletic.com forward slash Roll Tide. Uh, thanks for listening to Second 26. Remember, Mondays are always the free episodes for Friday. You can catch us for the episode for the subscribers only. I'm Aaron Suttles. Catch you again on Second 26.